the way that you are going to save the most time during the school year is to come up with some routines and some protocols that you yourself can reuse over and over again. Not something that you will need to wait until you teach the course again, like maybe next semester, but something that you can actually use on the regular. And that is what we are going to be talking about today. So we are going to be talking about low prep and reusable teaching protocols, which is fancy for activities to really save you time this school year. Maintaining or increasing enrollment. Staying on top of ever-changing content incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about in addition to applying great teaching principles. In today's episode, we are going to be more of like a sit and get kind of thing because I'm just going to lay out my favorite protocols and If these are some that maybe wouldn't work for you in your class, you can search up the word protocol. That is the fancy word for activities that you can use that aren't specific to a certain topic, but they could be applied to multiple topics. So I'm going to dive right in to my favorite one. And the reason why it's my favorite is because I convinced Jared to use it this year and he actually saw a huge increase in understanding with his students. So he teaches welding and he teaches it, well, he teaches at high school, but he has decided that on Mondays he wants to lecture. Now he's deciding whether or not he's actually going to change that structure. So he's on a block schedule. So the students will actually get like a lecture once every two weeks because they would rather be in the shop like we all would. But he does have some content that he needs to deliver and has in the past just done some sort of slideshow presentation where he's gone over all the information and had them fill in some notes. But I convinced him this year as he was really struggling with engagement to start using these protocols and he adopted this one and it worked really well and I'm going to tell you that part of the reason it worked really well is because it was the only protocol that he used in his classes. So he was able to teach it to the students and then they knew what to expect and they did it over and over and over again. So he may have needed to explain things here and there a little bit at the beginning but after that they just knew that this is what they were going to be doing at the end of each one of his lectures. So let me give you an example and then I can explain a little bit more. So this is called the quiz protocol and it can be shortened or lengthened to fit into your class period whether or not you are teaching a 40 or 50 minute class period or a 90 minute class period. So you're going to give your information to your students and as they are receiving that information you do tell them before that they are going to be creating a quiz. So have the students after you have given your your new information, your new content, have the students work in pairs to create a quiz about the lesson topic, either using paper or some sort of free online tool. So they have to have it, they have to write out their questions. And what they're doing is they're taking what they have learned in your discussion or your lecture 
and they are deciding what they felt like was the most important content that you delivered. What are some things that they need to know? So they're going to then trade quizzes and you can actually decide if you want like the length of the quiz. Is it five questions, 10 questions? So they work in pairs to create that quiz. So they've already, now they're rediscussing what they learned with the partner to decide what they feel like is the most important. Then they trade quizzes with another pair of students and then they they take each other's quizzes. So they complete them and then they get together as a team of four and they debate the answers. So think about all the different times that they are reviewing what you just talked. This talked about. This is a great time for you as well to be circulating the room, to listen for misconceptions, to correct misconceptions, to straighten things out as students are now teaching each other or discussing what they have just learned. Great time for formative assessment. So then you're going to have the students marketing questions that they could not agree upon for their answers. And then you're going to bring them to the whole class discussion later. Now, depending on how much time you have, you may not have the time to have a whole discussion later. Maybe you would just throw the questions up on the board. Maybe you would have each group of four select what their favorite question was, or or maybe it is misconceptions. And you can then discuss those questions and those answers. And there are a few different things that you can do beyond this. So you can extend this by using those questions from those quizzes and you could make a review quiz for the next class period. It could also be that you select one or two questions and they are the bell ringer for your next class. You can vary the time that you are giving students by deciding on the specific number of questions they're to come up with. You could literally use this protocol every single day, no matter how long you are going to be presenting new information based on just shortening or lengthening this protocol and the students would get used to it. It will, it will just save you so much time because you don't have to think about prepping. The students already know how to do it. And with this one, there is like no prep at all. They literally, your students need to have something to write with a paper and if you're choosing to do it online then something set up that way but it could even be that they're just typing it online on a google docs it doesn't really have to take a ton of effort from you but it is a once again a great way for you to do some formative assessment to see what they actually got from your instruction and maybe some things that you need to do and because they are giving you those answers and those questions still during the class, it's not an exit ticket, they're not leaving and you have to then remember and address it when you come back after the, like the next day, you could actually address it then. And so you are fixing and correcting prior to them leaving or prior to them going to the shop or to the lab. And it just is a great protocol that can really help your students and you as a teacher. Okay, so then the next one is a gallery walk. And this activity can actually be used either to introduce a topic or it could also be used to review a topic. So you're going to have groups choose a specific aspect of that topic and create a poster or an anchor chart. Now to make this reusable, then you're going to want to have like the same aspects or like subtopics 
for your large topic that you reuse every single time. So they kind of know what to expect. So possibly there's like the history or origin of your topic, maybe three pros, three cons, three examples, five important facts, or how that is utilized in real life. So if you come up with kind of those those aspects, then it it helps the students it helps it be repeatable for you and for your students. I do like to use the big poster sized sticky notes and I know they're a little bit on the spendy side, but it is really nice to have them write out or draw on those anchor charts and then put them up on the wall. Now, if they do a fabulous job, then they really could end up being an anchor chart that then you slap on your bulletin board, which is super easy for decor because they made it, you didn't. So once again, super time saver right there. And it's just a great way to demonstrate their learning and show student work. So what they're going to be doing is they're teaching the class through that poster or anchor chart. Then you have students walk around the room and they're taking notes based on the posters that were created. Now with these notes, I would suggest that you have a graphic organizer or maybe you have a few graphic organizers that you allow students to choose from and then they can decide how they would like to take notes, whether it's um, a KWL chart or something else that will help them. And if you have a few and you always have those same graphic organizers. And once again, that cuts down because you will probably already have those copies made and you don't have to come up with those last minute. Some tips with this one is that as students are going from poster to poster, I would suggest that you have each group after they've made their posters, they stick with their group, and then you set a specific amount of time that they're going to be at each poster. So that would eliminate students from it becoming like a social hour. And so now they have just decided that Billy's across the room. And so I'm going to go over and look at the same poster as he is, and we're not actually going to do anything. So if you have them stay together and maybe you have like a bell or a timer, or maybe some sort of chime or something that lets them know that they're to go to the next poster that allows there to be a little bit more structure in there, but still they can get all of the information. I use this a lot in my class when students were brainstorming. So they would create as a group, they would brainstorm, they create some sort of prototype or sketch. I guess there's more of a sketch than a prototype, but, and then they would walk around and they would add sticky notes. I like, I wonder. Now this might I've heard this work both ways. Like some some kids are engaged by it and other ones are not. Or maybe sometimes like if they're using that post-it note and they're like, I like the color. And maybe they're not getting really deep kind of questions. You could give them some more examples. The other thing that you could do where it's similar to the quiz protocol is maybe that the students are actually writing down what they feel like is the most valuable content from each of the posters and they are creating a quiz. So now you're just combining those two protocols together, letting them now find out and the most valuable content and then allowing you to look at misconceptions and help them within their learning. All right, the last protocol that I wanna share with you is called make a list. So you have students make a list of 10 things that they learned in the lesson. 
five ways to do some things, like five ways to blank, or list as many characteristics of blank as they can. So based on the topic that you've taught. Now, I would suggest that once you kind of figure out which one of those like question stems works the best for your students, you just use that same one over and over again. So 10 things that you learned in this lesson could be one that you repeat from every lesson, every discussion that you have. So then you have your students share their lists with the class or a partner group. And they can either compare or contrast those lists or they can summarize the most important points. So they could work with a partner and now they've got 20 things that they've learned and they can bring it down to 10. And then maybe they then group with another pair. So they have 10, the other group brings 10. And uh, between the four of them, they've decided, okay, what's the 10 most important? Then you can have the those groups share out what they have decided is the most important, compare and contrast with the group as a whole, the class as a whole, have some discussions, and maybe you can bring up some things that you felt like were more important that students didn't grasp because maybe they didn't see the importance in it. And that can help you as a teacher realize that maybe you didn't put the emphasis on certain discussion topics or certain parts or certain key information that you probably should have or will when you teach it the next time. You can also simplify this by having the whole class generate a list, by having them brainstorm and call out ideas that are written on the board. You could have students work in small groups instead of individually to Form that first list and then you can set a timer and challenge students to list as many things as they can come up within the specified amount of time so five minutes three minutes ten minutes however long you want to allow them to use to come up with those most important aspects so as you are gearing up and getting ready for school my biggest advice as I had mentioned earlier is to really come up with a few of these that you will just use over and over and over again. And you might wanna experiment at the beginning and see which of these protocols or other protocols that you might find out there that will really resonate with your students. And then, like I said, rinse and repeat. Keep using them over and over and over again. With Jared, there was actually, when he was looking at the end of course exam, he made the comment to me that as he was looking at their results, there was one standard that he felt like they did really low on and they hadn't really done at least what he had remembered had really done low on that particular standard in the past and as he was reflecting now we didn't verify this but as he was reflecting he was thinking that in that particular standard when he had given the instruction and introduce them to that content, he didn't have time to do the quiz protocol. So he skipped it. And he actually feels like they didn't grasp that information because he had skipped out on that particular review and working with one another to come up and identify those misconceptions. So this year he said that he's actually going to use this more frequently and make sure that it is a part of his class. And if this is something that you would like to share with another teacher that you feel like would really help them in their class, go ahead and share it. And if we haven't connected yet, find me on Instagram. It's at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week.